0: Hi, this is episode 97 of Interviews Cracking the Entrepreneurship Code, and my guest today is Jeremy Miller, former CEO, chairman, and founder of Health E-Commerce, the digital health industry leading provider of direct-to-consumer pre-tax health and wellness accounts. It's also the parent company of FSA Store, HSA Store, Medicare OTC Store, and well-deserved a family of brands that serve more than 60 million consumers in the US. Jeremy defines himself as a compassionate entrepreneur at heart and is always on the lookout for new ways of resolving social problems. He supports meaningful initiatives like Meal, a private label line of health products that benefits the Children's Health Fund. He also invests in diverse funders from underserved communities to drive positive change as a limited partner with the Impact America Fund. And so I'm looking very much forward to this conversation. And before that, go on my website and grab a copy of my ebook, The Entrepreneur Mindset, Seven Tactics to Avoid Being the Bottleneck in Your Business. You'll find the link in the show notes. Interviews is brought to you by SocialPrize, a global remote company that has been providing marketing and communication services since 2005. Their goal, help you thrive in the new normal. Log on their website to learn more, socialprize.me. Hi, Jeremy, how are you? good, how are you? Thanks for having
1: me.
0: Hey, you're very Welcome. First, before, before we start uh, digging into your you know entrepreneurship uh, life, if you're located outside of the U.S., you may not be familiar with FSA and HSA. So, Jeremy, can you explain to us what are these and how they work?
1: Yeah, sure. So these are U.S. based accounts that anyone who is an employee can have, and you can put aside up to six thousand dollars tax free into one of these medical spending accounts. And what okay. it enables you to do is actually spend your dollars. Um, on your medical expenses without paying the income tax that you usually get paid when you take money out of your paycheck. And so um, there's the FSA, which is a flexible spending account. There's a health savings account. Um, there's the transit account that people use for tax-free um, you know, train expenses. And then also there's the $5,000 that you can put aside for your uh, dependent care account to take care of your child. So all those wrap up into these tax-free spending accounts that are run by the IRS and that employers use for their employees as a benefit.
0: Right, I thought, what, what sort of uh, products or services can you buy with those, with that money?
1: It's really anything medically related. So anything from your glasses to what we sell, which is a lot of over, over-the-counter medicines and products to um, your doctor's visits, your prescriptions. People are really um, surprised when they look at what they can actually spend their money on because a lot of times you hear, oh, I didn't know I could use that. And wait, I'm already Mm -hmm. spending my money on that, but I'm not getting the tax-free advantage. I'm not saving up to 40% on the dollar when I'm buying these products and using these medical services.
0: This is what your,
1: your, your brand, the family of
0: brands that you have under healthy commerce specializes in,
1: yeah? Yeah. Our brand focuses on e-commerce. It focuses on education, helping people mm. really understand how to use these accounts. We have um, eligibility lists to help people really understand what's covered everything from dietitian to diabetes care you know, all everything in between. We try to help people really understand how to use their funds. And then also when they need to spend their funds, we're here. We have over 5,000 products that we sell, everything from Tylenol to first aid kits to thermometers and um. Everything in between to really help people spend down their funds and really maximize those tax free savings. So, how long have you been an entrepreneur for? Um, so, we launched in 2010. So, I guess I'd Great. say, you know, 12 years.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a long time. So, what happened? Tell us a little bit about that, the journey.
1: So, I started a company in the perfect time. It was 2008, 2009 is when we started researching everything. So, yeah. the financial crisis. <laughs> um, <laughs> Also had a one-year-old baby, which kind of added a little elements, and okay. um, I was in, I was in business school at Columbia, um, making no money, <laughs> mm. so the perfect time to start a business. Um, and I had a lovely wife who's very supportive, but you know, kind of wanted me to get a job. You know, all those three things combined. So um, I pushed through with it, uh, launched it through the through school. I worked on my project, I guess, um, for almost two years, kind of incubating the business within the school framework helping having people that helped me kind of work on these things here and there and um we launched about a month after we graduated and in terms of my journey i mean that was one of my quick kind of lessons is we, we were so focused on launching the business that um we kind of rushed right <laughs> and so everyone says oh entrepreneurship uh, your business is your baby right says like it's your baby you have to take care so when the baby came out, I was like, no, we got to push the baby back in. I'm not ready for this. I'm not ready to launch this business. Like, I, I severely underestimated what it was going to take. So, we actually did take the site down for a couple of days to kind of focus on a couple of things, which is nice. But, um, you know, kind of just did it through the school. Um, and then we're excited to actually be one of the um, winners of the a, of a Lane Fund funding, which was within the school. They funded three, uh, four businesses that year, and that was where we got our initial seed money to start the company.
0: What were the triggers? Because you know, you know, you were the the, the, the period was perfect, like like you said, your wife was yeah. pushing you to get a job, but
1: how did you know that 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 was it that you become an entrepreneur? So I think it's really interesting because I think there's there's still topics about you know, are you being are you born an entrepreneur? Yeah. Are you made an entrepreneur? Try to focus on that because I think that you know, are you going to go up to someone who's starting their business and say, "Sorry, you know, you weren't born an entrepreneur. It's just not going to work out for you." <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. And so I had I had a kind of conflict, which is like, "Well, is this ingrained in me?" Because I mean, even listening to your podcast, everyone talks about how deeply ingrained their businesses are to them, and how much yeah. they, they the lengths that they go right to, yeah. to get things done. I don't think that's a boring thing. I think that that's something that can be learned and it's going to be picked up. And so I would say that up until starting my business, I probably wasn't really the tools for being an entrepreneur. I worked, you know, I was kind of more unemployable. I worked in some interesting jobs. It didn't really get me that far. You know, I, I, I helped them those companies make a lot of money. Every company I worked for, I helped grow and build. But I don't know if I had the, the toolkit for entrepreneurs. So when I started launching my business, I spent so much time analyzing you know, I was already in business school where we analyzed constantly, right? Every class is like analyzing something. And so, you know, I spent so much time analyzing. I didn't think that it was going to happen. I really didn't think that the business was going to happen. I started applying for jobs my second year of school when everyone was applying for jobs. And I was like, all of a sudden something hit me and I said, like, wait, I came to the school, to start a business. I have some time, I have the right people, I have all the resources I need. Like if I can't do it right now like what what am i doing and so i set a a goal for myself i said if if i can't make some concrete steps by the middle of my second year then not that it's not for me but that i'm i'm just not going to do it and that actually propelled me to be like okay i really need to take some steps here (laughs) to get some things done i really need to take the motions to to build this business create this business and that really propelled me to, that really triggered me to get this thing going. Yeah, I mean, I've I've interviewed like nearly hundred entrepreneurs.
0: I believe entrepreneurship is a calling, so mm-hmm. it just takes time. But it's it's I think it's in you. Sometimes it takes a bit of time to discover it, to discover that it's, right. it's in you.
1: Yeah, yeah. And hearing, I mean, when you had your podcast with them, the motivation, and hearing some of those people talk about how deeply ingrained, yeah. They go in their business and how much focus and dedication they have. It's like that's really, I think, the secret sauce. There is like, like, okay, you can do it. Maybe it's not for you. Still try it. But like, when they're doing it, they're doing it right. You're yeah. putting it in your all, and that's yeah. something I think separates a lot of people. You know, I guess, an entrepreneur from, from from the not. You know? Yeah,
0: they put they put all and more.
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah,
0: Was that yeah. was that the case also for you? It was, and I didn't
1: realize it until mm-hmm. uh, until I kind of moved off the CEO role into this kind of chairman role, where I helped the company on strategic focus. I work on the board. I, I you know manage the board. I manage you know help to work with the executive team that's in place now. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize until I stepped off how much time I actually did dedicate. <laughs> and how much effort I put into it. And because um, I had you know, I had some time to kind of look back and kind of reflect a little, you know, we sold the business in 2019. And um, so that was, you know, about 10 years since we launched. And you know, I was still going at it. Um, I'm still really working hard in the business. And now I'm kind of working hard outside the business. But
0: Is the sales... Selling your business, is why you moved from where you stepped down from CEO to become the chairman?
1: Yeah, we, we sold the majority of the company in 2019 to, um, to a great uh, private equity firm. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, after almost two years working with them, it was, it was time to kind of pass the torch. And, you know, it was a good decision that, that was made. And um, I was working on a business for 12, 12 years. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to say it took a, t- started taking a toll on me. <laughs> But I, I do appreciate now having some of that, that time to kind of recap what I've been doing in the last 10 years because I was so focused on on the business. And you know, now it's been nice to to spend some time with family, to to work on a lot of different things. Um, and you know, I think I, I probably wouldn't have done that had I been still kind of in the business. I think I still would have been you know cranking it out every day and kind of solely focused on that so yeah it's a good place
0: yeah i understand i mean like you said you know the company is your baby you work you work at it for 12, 12 years then you decide to sell it you step down i mean there was that's a lot of a lot of things happening you know what how how did you
1: manage that that transition yeah that's a great question i think that's uh having a good Kind of partner to help you transition was really helpful you know we had private equity firm that was working within the company that you know mm. kind of we propelled our um, c our um, cfo to be the ceo and our um, coo to be the president and so right. that all kind of transitioned around the same time but it took some it took time you know we had to kind of work through it and um it's funny it's been over a year and i'm still kind of transitioning things (laughs) so i'm still kind of like oh we gotta do this and i gotta step off this board and um, we forgot about that and so you know you understand how kind of intertwined you become and then you kind of pull back and kind of pull the pull the ball of yarn and it just keeps going yeah was it was it difficult to let go at first, I think it was, I think it was difficult, um, but, you know, I'm, I'm happy. I'm in a good place. I think, you know, you know, we had an exit, so we had all our investors that were, you know, prior investors, you know, kind of had, you know, a nice exit, the school had a nice exit from their first investment. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, it was a, it was a good transition. I think everything transitioned well. I think, um. You know, a lot of people already are there. Like, well, what are you doing next? And I'm, you know, just taking some time. <laughs> you know, it's taking a little time before I jump back in, but people are kind of itching to, to get in on get in on the next one. Um, but uh, yeah, it's just been a, it's been a positive experience. All right. So I'm not going
0: to ask you the question. Then, what are you going to do next? <laughs>
1: <laughs> but the
0: standard, yep, yeah, standard one. <laughs> You already you already answered. Spending spending some time enjoying life. Do do you feel do you feel like you didn't enjoy life while you were building the company?
1: Um, no, when I look back, at, I um I think we had a great time. Mm. Yeah, you know, I think we. I mean, we grew our business every year. We had a ton of fun events. We had a great culture that was that was created. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you know, that Apple iPhone, sometimes you swipe left and you see those photos yeah. that are from all different places. Every once in a while, I see these photos from like some event that we did, you know, some kind of like uh, boat cruise that the company did or like um, a scavenger hunt in New York City. And I'm like, oh yeah, that, that was fun. That was a good time. Like people had a good time. And so um, when I do look back, I I, I think about kind of the, the fun moments that we had um, you know, our business is very seasonal. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the year, like literally at the end of the year, there's this rush of people that need to spend these funds because they, they expire before the end of the year. And so, right. you know, I spent many, the New Year's Eve in the office kind of monitoring everything, making sure that the servers are okay, that people's customer service is okay. And mm-hmm. everyone came to the office the New Year's Eve. And so we had this chance to really, uh, like work hard and then when it hit New Year's Eve, everyone drops off because that's when your funds don't expect, you know, your funds are useless. And so we'd have these like really, you know, fun New Year times where we're like, oh, we hit our goal. You know, we'd have our goal on the screen. Like, mm-hmm. Oh, we hit our goal. But I think there's um, one thing about the company that, that we built a really good culture and, you know, evidenced by you know, four years of being on the best place to work in New York City. Um, five years being on the fastest growing company in, by Deloitte in the, mm. in the country. You know, we did business, <laughs> but we also, I think, did it in the right way and in a cultural, in a cultural way and also in an empathetic way. What's the secret sauce
0: in uh, building a, a good company's culture?
1: Um, I think first and foremost, um, this is another thing that I've heard on your podcast, people talk about the people, right? Mm. and you hear you hear people talk about the people in the sense that like i can rely on tina because she's a great person and she helps me and it's all about the people and i would just add this element that it's really about treating the people well treating your people well and you know i think that you can just like the talk about entrepreneurs being born. I think that you can really create amazing employees if you give them all the tools and you give them the right elements. And maybe sometimes you don't, right? But I think treating people well is first and foremost, uh, one of the the biggest things to to focus on um, and really kind of understanding where people are coming from and, and trying to just, sometimes we just do things that aren't by the book but that mm-hmm. just makes sense within our business. Like that most of the times if someone is leaving, they say, okay, you know, you don't wanna be here. But then there's occasional times like, wait a minute, <laughs> you're doing tremendously well here. Like, what can we talk about? How can we, what can we focus on to kind of get you to stick around and you're doing a great job? And, and so just kind of like unfundamental things that we did to kind of keep the business intact and keep building and grow.
0: So can you share other, other lessons um, that you learn along the way um, to, to build a successful business?
1: So I think for me, I'm, I'm just constantly learning about myself. Still. Mm. And so um, I try to take lessons, but I think for me, still learning everything, nothing static, you know, like nothing really, every issue is different and you're never done. <laughs> it's never like, oh, I learned that, you know, okay, I'm done. You know, yeah. wrap it up with a nice bone. Let me walk off with of my lesson. For me, it's it's much more of like a constant learning. And there's always always more to learn. There's always uh things to do better. I'm not hard on myself in the sense like you know, a lot of people talk about failures and, and those type of lessons to learn. I try to be very forgiving about that. I don't know if forgiving is the right word but to try to because because you're moving forward right you gotta push through a lot of things you gotta push through a lot of sludge and if you keep focus on what well when we look back at that and we dwell on that I think you and you forget what you're you're doing in the present and so you know a lot of learning and a lot of you know focusing on, on moving move move forward.
0: Any big mistakes
1: you did that you can share? Uh that's that's the thing it's like it's kind of like a question about what are you doing next? It's like I don't there's mistakes, but you know, overall, you know, we came out in a good way, you know, like we were able to kind of build this business. Um, sometimes we're growing in these at tremendous rates of growth. Mm-hmm. And so it was it was good to focus on the business and see that everything was kind of is and was when I was speaking more like when I was day to day, but like Is growing and being successful, and so um, it's hard to kind of look back for me and say, "Well, what what did I what mistake did I make?" (laughs) Um, I understand. Not that I'm saying they make mistakes.
0: (laughs) No, of course, no, 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 of course, of course, I understand. But then, then maybe then, are there any tipping points, you know, in the in the company's growth, where where that you, you are able to identify and you're like, yeah, you know, this made, they made the
1: difference. Yeah. Um, I mean, when we first launched a business, I, you know, I talked about the seasonal aspect of our business. Mm. We launched a business in, in six months. We went from $1,000 a month, this was our first year, to 2000 we kept doubling, right? Mm. And then all of a sudden, this end of the year happened. And this is our sixth month in the business. And we went from 30000 in sales to four hundred and sixty. Oh. Wow. overnight was, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah wow
0: well, yeah i said okay i
1: think we we proved out that there's this money at the end of the year that people have to spend and i think um i think it's right there yeah you know? <laughs> so
0: were you expecting um, were you expecting that
1: I, I don't know not not to that scale we, we yeah. you know we worked with a couple partners we you know had some rudimentary kind of seo SDM at the time it wasn't really you know focused too much on it and then it was just kind of like oh we did that okay so that was that was for for me a, a tipping point um you know going back to kind of early stages you know we we entered a competition and i had to kind of watch my son and so i, I presented really fast and then i had to leave because he was like one and i had to like take care of him and they like I got this call like, come back, you won the competition, they want to talk to you, like blah, 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 <laughs> I'm like, I can't, I got a kid here. <laughs> but you know, take the trophy and let's go. So it's some of those those cool like winnings along the way. I've been having fun. You know, I think culminated by receiving the entrepreneurship of the entrepreneur of the year award in 2018. All right. And that was probably a, a highlight to just kind of like i sorry, not Deloitte, Ernst and Young um put together this event and you know, the other kind of canvas all the entrepreneurs. It was just a fun night of black tie. This was like pre-pandemic by you know one year um got to like you know get the award, make a speech, meet some interesting people, the whole team was there, all the tables were there. It was just a lot of fun. Yeah, you mentioned the pandemic, and that
0: is uh, something I want to talk about, especially um uh... I know that when we prepared this episode together, you told me that you shifted your, the office from physical to virtual, 100% virtual. Can you tell us a little bit more about how that happened
1: and what were the challenges along the way, if any? Yeah, I think the shifting the office was actually just a sign for, for us about all of the things that we had to do for COVID. Because now I think we actually have a hybrid a model, and I have to check with HR because uh, it changes. <laughs> mm. But, um, you know, COVID really changed our business. I mean, we're selling medical products. We sold something like 2 million thermometers in the last two years. And so we call it like the COVID bump, which is just this period of time where people are stocking up on these products they need, you know, like I need not just add little Tylenol, but pulse oximeters and You know, we were selling PPE supplies and uh, thermometers was one of our top search terms. So um, COVID really shifted the business in 2020. Um, You know, not not only were people buying medical supplies, but they're buying them online. So it was a great, you know, boom for the business. It's died down a little bit now. You you don't see that same kind of rush that people were having. But I think, you know, it all kind of wraps up this bow. Like, what do we do for for COVID, and we're ha- really lucky to have a, a team that we built during that time that is now, you know, across the country, you know, L.A., Texas, Florida. So we, we've expanded our reach, which has been great to get talent, and then at the same time, we were able to continue to build this growth during a tough time, and really kind of also working closely with our distributor, you know, our, sorry, our product distribution to, like, really kind of Treat them well during this time as they're shipping boxes in this giant warehouse. <laughs> so whatever we could do to really make them happy, we tried. Because um, you know, it's a tough. It still is a tough role. Uh, so how,
0: how do you build a culture when everything is
1: virtual when you deal with people you know through uh,
0: Zoom for instance?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a challenge. I'm, I'm. That's one of those things that I'm kind of out of in the day to day. Now as much, but you know the, the team the team works on that. I think it's a great question. I think it's something that that it needs to be focused on and, and thought about. You know how do you how do you build these virtual cultures? I actually have a friend whose sole role is to build virtual cultures. Okay, <laughs> so he's he's really attempting to um, change. You know how companies you know work through this virtual time. How to Really help them. Great, um, he, he used to go into companies and be like, "Okay, let's do some surveys. Let's have some. We have we actually do this with our team. Like, let's have meetings. Let's sit down. Let's hear from people. Like, what are you happy about? What What can we work on?" And you know, you compile these checklists and doing that every year, interviewing people, making sure that they're you know, making sure people are happy. So it'll be interesting to see if it pans
0: out. Right, but you mentioned something about and you just you said, "Well." We're talking to people. We're talking to our people. We ask them their opinions. <laughs> <laughs> we did. Yeah,
1: we did that. And we, I think, that was you know, we have these meetings and bring people in and let them talk about whatever they want. We had a. Yeah. We still have a life. You know, they have a life coach that we work with. That people can sign up with office hours and and start to talk about you know not just business but personal family. Do you do you offer any other perks to your to your employees? But I, don't, I don't think it's about perks. I think I think it's about the way that people are treated. I think the way that you interact. I think mm-hmm. it's you know it's not just about giving things. Even though you know I know companies that do that you know pretty well and do really exotic things like pay for your wedding and, and you know big big things that people talk about. But I think it comes down more to just you know, how well are are people being treated and how well would they reflect on the company? And and do they like to be there and they believe in the mission, they believe in the the team, they believe this is going to work? And, you know, how do you get people to to do that? And I think it's harder now because it's virtual, because, you know, we used to be able to be like, we're going to go do a Event And we're going to have everyone together, we're going to pit everyone against each other and run around the city and that was a great way to kind of bond. But I do think it is, it is a lot about, about that, you know, believing the mission, believing the people that are there that can do it at the same time you have to be, you know, you are running a business and then you have to, to the bottom line and things like that, no doubt. But I do think that there's a lot of wiggle room between that, oh, it's the bottom line to like, oh, how do we work closely with our employees to make sure that they're doing well, feel taken care of, and you know, believing in the company and the mission. And sometimes people don't. Sometimes we'll happily kind of um we used to happily kind of let them exit. You know, or some people that wanted the career shift here, here's some career, you know, learnings and teachings and take a class we'll pay for it. If this is something that you you know, feel like you really want to do, and it doesn't work within our company, then yeah, let's let's transition the app, but let's do it in a way where you can still you know land on your feet. Treat people the way you want to be treated, basically. Yeah, it's no longer the full number, and I think the pandemic kind of brought that together. Because I think something that really made me upset was the whole. Uh, I know people have to do this, but uh, the furloughing, you know, in the very beginning, like me I was like do you really need to furlough your people or is this an opportunity to furlough them because you don't really know what's going on and so we picked up like four people that were furloughed and said hey come here we have a job and we're paying (laughs) and we want you now like we don't want you to just sit in the sidelines unpaid for four months while you know we kind of call you back later right and so so it was a great way to pick up really uh, high talent <laughs> by kind of being there and saying, we need, we need people now and that was interesting.
0: All right. What have you uh, discovered about yourself since
1: you're an entrepreneur? I didn't, so the culture I think was important and I don't think I started with that type of culture. <laughs> I think I actually uh, merged into that culture because I think really in the beginning, I was very much like, gotta do this and any mistake i was like oh my gosh it's like a huge mistake like this is going to cost the company everything and we're going to go boom yeah. <laughs> like in the beginning everything meant like so much it was just like this <laughs> means so much. i can't believe you called the <laughs> salesperson and you told them that you're selling this we can't sell that you know and i was like boom you know to like fast forward where i'm like okay we're a big company we got 100 employees now we got another 150 to do support and distribution, right? And it's just kind of like, you yeah. know, oh, that problem from back then, if I approach that right now, it'd be like, oh, okay.
0: <laughs> you know, <laughs> sure. <laughs> okay, yeah.
1: So maybe, you know, it's not like the problems get bigger, but it's like the attitude shifts yeah. and the the thing, like someone told me like once, like you know, the entrepreneurship way is being able to kind of, what's the called? you separate, you're able to kind of se- separate different things. So if I focused yeah. on like everything at once, I'd be like super overwhelmed, Com- but the ability to c- compartmentalize, right? And say, say, okay, I'm gonna put this issue here for a second, cause I'm focusing on this issue, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna, you know, tackle this issue and then I can kind of focus back on this issue. And so th- those two things, just being able to be like, okay, not everything means so much, <laughs> right? And that, you know, yes, you're tackling multiple issues but you can tackle them by compartmentalizing and not getting down by one. And the focus that doesn't allow you to make the other four decisions that you have to make them. That's it, those are two kind of interesting ways that have changed and learned. Getting um, to the end of this conversation.
0: So I have two more questions for you. Uh, The first one is, what is the one recommendation would give to other entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs
1: yeah so this is interesting So for me and i think a lot, a lot of people know this about me already then, that i've met but um just do it. it was kind of my motto so when you think about like a practical recommendation to give to entrepreneurs and i'm not selling any books right now i'm, mm-hmm. not, I'm, I'm here to just help <laughs> you know i want to you know feed some advice for people that might be at home thinking about whether to start something or not. And if, if that's you, then I'd say, you know, just do it. Um, uh, you might not know whether it's good for you or not. <laughs> like it might not be for you and you might fail as well, right? But if you take action, I think it's a better step because then you'll know whether it's not good for you or not. So it's a yes or no, and unless you kind of take some steps and some leaps, and then you might discover, look, I'm not that, and that's fine. Or you might find that you have this hugely growing business on your hands, that is more than you ever imagined would happen, and you can look back and say, well, that that was a good step that I made, and I I did it. And then the last thing, just in terms of recommendations, I got two. Um, If you decide to do it, (laughs) then do it right. And, you know, I tell people a lot, you know, don't cost, don't pinch pennies when it comes to lawyers and the things that you need to establish credibility, trust, um, and give people sometimes the example, of my wedding, right? Like my wedding, we paid everybody to do everything. Mm -hmm. And the one person that we saved money on was our videographer. And he said, I'll do your whole wedding for $400. And we're like, sure, you know, and it's, you know, 15 years later, we're still trying to piece together the videos from our wedding. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, the things we did in the beginning that we didn't really, you know, we kind of rushed through we didn't do right. We, you know, felt it at some point down the road. And so if we're going to do it, do it right. It means, you know, the formation of the company, Taxes, compliance, partnership arrangements, security, and all the things that really might affect your business. You might not have the money, but work something out and like don't and do it right. So, just do it and do it right would be my kind of Very nice. Last question: How can people contact you? I'm more of a LinkedIn person, so you know you can find me Jeremy Miller uh, FSA. That's uh, the easiest way there. To- find my LinkedIn, I actually respond to LinkedIn.
0: Excellent. Well, thank you very
1: much, Jeremy, for your time today. I appreciate it. I thought you know, I was worried because yeah, when I listen to your podcast, you, you're so relaxed all the time. And I was like, but I'm relaxed too. I'm a, I'm a relaxed guy. Who's going to be more relaxed? It can be Lauren or me. Like, you know, I guess the, the jury's out. I think it's still you. So congrats on that. <laughs>
0: great, great. Well, I'm a coach. I'm supposed to be relaxed. okay great thanks and thank you thank you for listening i'd love to hear your feedback reach out to me by email or on linkedin and let me know what your favorite part of this episode was see you next time bye-bye